0: So we're dealing with a topic this evening, which um, I was I was a little bit hesitant in advertising it. Not because um, the topic in of itself is that controversial, but um, if you're not familiar with uh, the Jewish perspective on so much of uh, of Jewish philosophy, then uh, the idea of just stating it out there, Jews and Gentiles, um, always it just. It's a kind of question that we don't really, especially in the twenty, you know, twenty first century, we don't necessarily feel comfortable um, talking about. So, uh, where we are really going to try address this evening is two major approaches on how does Judaism view the Gentile. Now, that is something that may or may not have evolved in a practical level, meaning that once upon a time, you know, in Talmudic times. Um, it was clear that the, the Gentile, that the, these, the, what was called the Akum, the Avodat Kochavimu Mazalot, the pagan of the ancient world, was someone who was held in di- absolute disdain. And disdain to the degree that uh, their, their life was not considered valuable. And the only reason to say save the life of a pagan was because the ramifications of not saving their life would be disastrous for the Jewish community. So with the Gemara talks about it at times, for example, of midwives, Jewish midwives um, delivering non, you know, pagan children, that it was only permissible because of Eva, that lest it cause uh, animosity between the Jews and Gentiles. And, and so on and so forth, that this idea of the Gentile of the ancient world, who was a, a barbaric pagan, is, was seen in very low estimation within Jews. So that was a, from a practical point of view. According to to the best of my knowledge, every opinion in the modern world does not view the, 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 the Gentile of today in that way. And that one would expect that a, a Jewish doctor would treat a Gentile and a Jew with the exact same treatment and there would be no distinction whatsoever in saving life, in, in uh, giving tzedakah, and, and so on and so forth. So where there's, um, there's an obligation nowadays, one does not make that distinction. What we're, what, so we're not going to talk about that. What, what I would like to talk about is from a, a conceptual, philosophical point of view, is how does Judaism view? When Hashem created the world and Avram Avinu came along, what did Abraham create within this Jewish people? Or if we're going to say from Mount Sinai, what happened? Did the Jews become, you know, qualitatively different to the Gentiles or only quantitatively different? So let me just, um, and that's going to be really the, the the big dispute here. When I say qualitatively, I mean that the soul of a Jew and the soul of a Gentile are not the same things. They are completely different. The Jew is in the the context would be superior to the Gentile and the superior in God's eyes and qualitatively superior and, and that would be one approach. So, qualitatively, the souls are different. My soul and the Gentile soul are different souls. That would be one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it we're not qualitative, but quantitative. That the, the Jewish soul, ostensibly, is the same raw material, same as the physical body of a Jew, and the physical body of a Gentile is identical. So is the soul of a Jew and a Gentile identical. However, the relationship with Hashem is not based... On the intrinsic value of the soul, in as much as it's based on what you do with your, you know, your what you do with the, the, your life. So, for example, if I talk about uh, my wife loves me, doesn't mean that I am qualitatively different to every other guy on the planet, but rather what I do and how I behave, and due to my own unique uh, personality and behavior, that's what causes her to love me, but not because I'm qualitatively superior. So similarly, if we look at it from Hashem's point of view, is that Hashem, when you say that Hashem has a relationship with the Jewish people that is closer than the relationship with the the non-Jewish world, it's not because of that quality. It's not that, let's say, the familial bond that a parent loves their child differently than they might love another child because there's a DNA connection, but rather as a, a husband and wife or partners love one another, that that is based on character rather than quality. Okay, so I hope that's uh, sort of that's sort of laid. I've given up the taking the rabbit out the head already about what we're going to be talking about, but um, to look at these two extremes because they are very much two extremes. So on the one hand, we're going to have a uh, the Sefer Hakuzari. So I have over here uh, one of the versions that we have in our library. The Kuzari was written by Rav Yehuda Levi, which if you know a little bit Rav Yehuda Levi, he was a great philosopher, a great poet. Um, and he died making pilgrimage on his way to Eretz Israel, died literally on, as he entered the land of Israel. And if you go to the Kotel, the stairs that go down to the quarter from the Jewish quarter, that road is called Rehov Yehuda HaLevi. So that's it. So he wrote a book called The Kuzari, which is a question about whether it is fiction or non-fiction. I'm pretty sure the entire Jewish world, both uh, academic and religious, believe that it is a fictional account. Although you will often hear, especially in anti-Semitic worlds, um, especially in anti-Zionist, anti-Semitic world, you know, that he healed that it is not, not a fiction, but rather a, a true story. And the story goes that there was a king of the a nation called the Khazars. And the, the king had a dream, and the dream, he said that God came to him in the dream and said, your, your intent is noble, but your deeds are corrupted, and there will be no place for you in the world to come. And so he awakens from this dream and decides that he needs to find out what is the truth of the um, of God's will. What does God want from him? So he goes and uh, investigates by summoning religious leaders from all the different faith groups um, of Islam. And so you just can hear this time period. This is you know post Islam, um, and then he gets someone who's called the Chacham, and the Chacham is the the Jew. And throughout the book. It's the conversation. The book is written as a dialogue between the king of the Khazars and the Chacham of debating, you know, different areas of philosophy within Judaism. So the Khazari, so this, and eventually the the Chacham um, prevails among the king of the Khazars and all his, him and his entire kingdom convert. And according to anti-Semites, that is where Jews come from, that the Jews are all descendants of these Khazars. There is no, they're not from biblical Israel, but they're all descendants of the Khazar. In fact, the Svarim even will claim that Ashkenazim are these Khazar Jews. From one way or another, we pretty much say it is a fictional account of what might have happened rather than what actually did happen. So, the Khazari, he quotes this concept of the Jew versus Gentile soul. Yeah. And he says, and this is right at the beginning, he's got a number of different articles, and this is at the in the first article. and I, Most of this is word for word, but I've Copied and pasted different parts. Any gentile who joins us unconditionally shares in our good fortune, without, however, being quite equal to us. So this is a gentile, and you will make this a bit clearer later. That even if a gentile converts to Judaism, you understand that they're not quite Jewish, or at least they're not the same kind of Jew as a uh, as a as one a person born Jewish. The basis of faith is not abstract philosophical reasoning but rather the experience of the revelation at Sinai. This leads, him to the, this leads to the conclusion that God did not give us access to truth of religion to Gentiles because he never intended Torah and the spiritual agenda for all of humanity, but rather exclusively for the Jewish people. This is because Jews are essentially different from Gentiles. When God came to Mount Sinai, there was a transformation of the soul of all of those who were at Mount Sinai, and we got a new form of spiritual DNA. Only the Jewish people have potential to reach the spiritual heights that constitute the goal of Torah observance. Just as plants are qualitatively greater than animate objects, because they are living, and animals are qualitatively greater than plants, because they have an animate soul, and humans are qualitatively greater than animals, because they have an intellect, so Jews are qualitatively greater than Gentiles, because they have the quality of godliness. So that, I mean, you could not be stronger than that. than then say, so he explains this came from, was from Adam to, to Noah, to Abraham, eventually went to Yitz- Abraham, Yitzhak and Yaakov, and then went on to all the descendants. The convert, let me just get my little pen here. Give me a sec. The convert must adopt our mode of life entirely. We must bear in mind that the rites of circumcision is a divine symbol, ordained by God to indicate that the desire should be curbed, and discretion used that when we engender, that we engender may be fitted to receive the divine influence. God allows him to tread his path of a progeny to vary. Those, however, who become Jews do not take equal rank with born Israelites, who are specially privileged to attain prophecy, while the former can only achieve something by learning from them and can only become pious and learned, but never. Prophets. A Gentile cannot be a prophet. So people would say, maybe we read a few weeks ago about Bilam. That Bilam was a Gentile prophet. So the Talmud comes and says, you know, it was unique that there was one guy who was given the privilege of being a prophet to show, you know, the Gentiles can't be prophets. So the Kuzari takes a very extreme point. Now, to be told it's only extreme in twenty first century. I think every gen, every um, civilization throughout history has felt that they were qualitatively superior to everyone else. Every religion has historically felt that they were qualitatively superior to every other religion. So the Kuzari saying this, is, is it's, it's not that revolutionary in the context. only revolutionary with a 21st century mindset. But this idea that at Mount Sinai, the Jewish soul was qualitatively differently. So we can now transfer through our spiritual DNA onto each and every generation that they can, um, that they can, if you have any questions, by the way, I've just opened the chat, you can, Type in questions. I'll open up uh, to unmute you a bit later. But um, so that every Jew can pass it on, will automatically pass it on to the descendants through the mothers. But uh, if a convert converts, so what they can do is what it says over here is that they can, um, they can, uh, what did it say here? The people that can they can come and study. Sorry, I've just lost my pen. They can come and study, and they can grow, and they can come closer. But they just they can get ninety nine percent of the way there. But the soul of a gentile can never be the soul of a Jew, even if it converts. That's the position of the kuzari. Uh, I'd like to suggest that the position of the tukuzari is one that is. Um, so sorry, what he said here is this, Basis of faith is not abstract philosophical reasoning. That's not the thing that makes a person Jewish. Their belief and what they do. It's who they are. Okay. So this uh, opinion of the Kuzari is not known by that many. I think the concept is is, is known, but it's not, uh, not. Not many people learn the Kuzari. Everyone knows bits and pieces from the Kuzari, but not necessarily this idea. Someone who says it much stronger. And uh, I did consult. Uh, with uh, uh, one of the lo- one of the Chabad rabbis in Sydney to check that I understood uh, the Tanya correctly, and I went through a book called Lessons in Tanya. I'm the first to admit that I'm not a Chassid, and my knowledge of Tanya is is very weak. That being said, is there's uh, I went through the lessons in Tanya with all the footnotes, and um, and it seemed pretty clear. Now I, I'm open to the fact that I've misinterpreted, but uh, this has come from multiple sources, and so this is the reading of the Tanya right at the beginning of the Tanya quotes in the name of Rachaim Vital, who was a, a noted Kabbalist, uh, the, the Talmud of the Arizal, that every Jew, that every Jew, a righteous person and a wicked person, righteous and wicked Jew, has two souls. The first soul is from the Klippa and the other holy side. So there are two souls. So the Klippa, I don't want to get into the Kabbalah because I don't understand it. But there's a first soul, which is uh, something, part of this Klippa means the outer edges of holiness. The souls of the Gentile world, this is a direct quote, by the way. The souls of the Gentile world, however, emanate from the other side, unclean klipot, klipot which contain no good whatsoever. As is written in Etaim, that all the good that the non-Jewish people do is done out of selfish motivations. So the Gemara comments that all the charity and kindness done by the people of the world, by Gentiles in the world, is only for their own self-glorification. And this is quoted in a, a number of different places in the Talmud where Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai got in a lot of trouble when uh, people were praising Rome for the bridges they built and for the bathhouses and the aqueducts and the, everything that they've done and the roads they built. Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai came and says, no, everything they did, they only did for their own uh, personal gain. And so... Um, so that's this idea is that the soul of the Jew is qualitatively different. The soul of the Gentiles, so the the, the Tanya, the, the Alter Rebbe, is much as that it is it has a certain element of it that is uh, that is completely impure. It cannot be pure like the Jewish soul. This is in the second chapter, the second the second soul in Israel is truly part of God above. So whereas the Gentile has, you know, this this impure soul that is even qualitatively different to the Jew, the Jew has a second soul which is part of Hashem, and that the Gentile doesn't have. So, without getting into, and, and I can understand that this idea of selfish motivations can be understood in multiple different ways, and so I don't want to understand it literally, but I do want to take out of the, the Tanya is this idea that Jew and Gentile are, are two separate creations, almost, that you would have, to quote the Kuzari, you have, you'd have inanimate objects, you'd have plant life, you'd have animal life, you'd have Gentile life, and then you'd have Jew. At the top, and that's and they are all as different as the animal is from the rock, and as the animal is from the plant, and as the human is from the from the animal. So too, the Jew is from the Gentile. That is uh, the, the Balatania. Now, the Balatania, however, unlike the Kuzari, and this is explained by uh, a number of people that the um, from the from one uh, both of these are from the Labavitcher Rebbe. So, what happens about converts? So, if the if the what what happens to the converts? if he doesn't have, the, doesn't have the soul of the Jew, so what happens when he converts? So there are two approaches there. But one is that he gets invested, or she gets invested with a whole new soul. So unlike the, 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 the Kuzari, who says that the soul gets, you know, it can never arrive at the level of the Jew, according to Chabad Hasidus, is that the soul gets replenished. And it's a whole new soul that comes in. So that's one. Or alternatively, which is based on the khidar of David al Zulai. And he says that, truth be told, and I'm sure you've heard this before, is that truth be told, a a Gentile can never convert to Judaism. Never happened. Cannot happen because the soul, it doesn't have the mechanics to do so. So every quote-unquote Gentile that converts to Judaism is really a Jewish soul that got lost somewhere along the way, and it's finding its way back home. So the, the, so that's those are two ways of addressing this concept of how does the qualitative soul of the gentile, which is different to the soul of the Jew, how does it become part of the um, part of the the, the, the Okay, so that is camp number one that we have that the soul of the Jew and the soul of the gentile are different souls. They are, uh, if not you know, it's, they have different hearts, so to speak. The spiritual heart of the Jew and the gentile are very different. So you don't have to think very far of where do we go to find who's going to argue with that. So it is none other than the Rambam. So the Rambam, in a couple of uh, places, so the place where he, he, he speaks it out quite loud, is vis-a-vis um, something that's called the Letter to Avadia the Convert. And uh, this is in Gerita Rambam, the Letters of the Rambam. And he asks an interesting question. So I didn't quote the whole letter, but a large part of it. So, I received the question from, uh, of the Master of Adia, the wise and learned proselyte, by the following question. So what's his question? If you too are allowed to say in the blessings and prayers that you offer alone or in the congregation, our God and God of our forefathers. So this is a good question that uh, every rabbi at some point gets. How does a, how does a, a convert make the bracha, Elokeinu so he's avotenu. His father was uh, was a, was not a Jew. So I'm going to say, look, avotenu, or you have sanctified us. Asher kedishanu vitzivanu. You know, you didn't you didn't sanctify me. You didn't command me to these mitzvahs. I'm doing it by my own free will. I've decided to become part of Klai Or you, you have uh, uh, separated us from Ivdilanu. Uh, You've separated us. Or, you have chosen us. So, here comes a Gentile, who the only reason they are Jewish, is because they themselves, have chosen God. And how do, can they make the brachas that say that God has chosen us. But God hasn't chosen him. He's, he's chosen God. So, can he make those brachas? That, that is the question. So, he carries on. He says, just, yes, you may say all of this, in the prescribed order, and not change it in the least. Why? In the same way as every Jew by birth says this blessing in prayer, so too you shall bless and pray alike. Whether you are alone or pray in a congregation. Meaning, as a convert, if you were to make that, you'd be the chazin. So you'd say, look, no problem. The reason for this is that Abraham, our father, taught the people, open their minds and revealed to them the true faith and unity of God. He rejected the idols and abolished the adoration He brought many children under the wings of the divine presence. Ever since then, whoever adopts Judaism and confesses the unity of the divine name, i.e., accepts Hashem, as described in the Torah, is counted the disciples of Abraham, our father. Peace with him. These men are Abraham's household. It is he who converted them to righteousness. The difference between Abraham and the world was not the birth, the genetics, the DNA. It was how they behaved. It was the Torah that they kept. Abraham converted the men, Sarah the women. All those that converted were converted because they changed what they did. They wanted a relationship with Hashem. In the same way, as he converted his contemporaries through his words and teaching, he converts future generations through the testament he left to his children. And how often? after? Thus, Abraham our father, peace be with him, is father of his pious posterity, Who keep his ways. And the father of his disciples and all proselytes who adopt Judaism. They are all part of B'nai Abraham. Therefore you shall pray our God and God of fathers. God Abraham peace be is your father. He is your spiritual father. And you shall pray who have taken us out. Taken for his own fathers. The land has been given to Abraham and says arise and walk there. Because since you have come under the wings of the divine presence. And confess the Lord no difference exists between us and you. You and us. And all miracles done to us uh, have been done, as it were, to you and us. Do not consider your origin as inferior. So definitely disagrees with the Kuzari. Okay? So doesn't, in this particular Rambam, he doesn't talk necessarily about, uh, you know, could you could still argue, but like, like the Tanya. Yeah, once you start keeping mitzvahs and Torah mitzvahs, so now you're exactly like one of us, but up until then you weren't. So you can't really hear that in the Rambam per se. But definitely the Rambam is saying that, Hashem's relationship with us is going to be based on our deeds much more than it is based on our genetics. Now, he says this in a much stronger way um, in the laws of Teshuvah, where he says as follows. Every man is capable of being just as Moses our master or as wicked as Yerovam, was, or, I don't know what, in Konya, that must have been a copy and paste error. Merciful human, miser, philanthropist, and so on, and all other tendencies. The key to that statement is every man. Rambam has no problem of saying every Jew. Call Yisrael, the, no, Rambam has no problem with calling a Jew a Jew, but he doesn't say that here. That every Jew has the ability to become like Moses. He Says that everyone can be like Moses. So now, lest you come and say, ah, yes, so a Gentile could be like Moses if he converts. Only if he converts can he have that, can he be as righteous as Moses. So l- look in here. This is in the laws of the sabbatical, the uh, the the laws of the Shemitah, and the Jubilee of the yovel. I'm going to go in the Hebrew, but the English here. So it's talking in, in the... End of the this is all dealing with the laws of the things that uh, are given to the Leviim and the Kohanim and the, the different status that they have in the land of Israel, yeah. and the fact that the Leviim are the priestly class, <coughs> they are considered, let's say, holier. So it says the Bilvat. you should know it is not only the tribe of Levi, every Ish, every human being, not every Jew. Every human being mikol ba'olam anyone that is in the world ba'olam everyone in the world man woman child jew gentile ashinid that he that he contributes he is of a benevolent spirit and from his own wisdom is dedicated. Has separated himself to stand in front of Hashem. And is going to serve and worship to know Hashem. And to walk in the straight ways like Hashem walks. And he ignores all the uh, negative influences of society. adam. That everyone is hassling with him. He is elevated to become the holy of holies. If you hear Hashem and Hashem is his portion, then a Lo me, and he will be granted heaven, you know, internal peace, viske, lobe, the vow must speak, etc. etc. Says the Rambam, and it could not be clear in this, is that this is not something that is it is it is uh, it is held aside for the Jews, that the Jews and only the Jews can have a relationship with Hashem. No. Anyone who wants a relationship with Hashem. So you want to have a relationship with Hashem, so you've got to develop it. You can't just, you know, say, oh. so we'd say, well, how does the Rambam view uh, some uh, monk who sits uh, in isolation on top of a mountain? So say, well, that's not the way Hashem wants, to, that's not how you have a relationship with Hashem. If you want to have a relationship with Hashem, you've got to know the Torah, because that's how one has a relationship with Hashem. So if you want to have, uh, you, if you want to be holy and you want to be on an elevated level. So yes, you can do it. Anyone can do it. But it has to be done this way. But kolabah baruch So what is the convert? The convert is the person who has decided to actively take on upon himself a much higher level relationship than the uh, than, than as a Gentile. So the, gentle, the relationship of the Gentile with Hashem and the relationship with the Jew and Hashem. Very different relationships, but not because the Gentile cannot have that relationship, is that the Gentile chooses not to have that relationship. So, a Gentile has seven Noahide laws, and uh, that is it. And you keep those seven basic laws, they can have a relationship with the and they're considered the righteous of the nations, and they have a place on Lamaba. But they're not going to have the same relationship as a Jew does. Why? Because the Jew has 613 mitzvot. And if a person has 630 mitzvahs, so uh, a colleague at work that I give a birthday card once a year, the relationship with them is not going to be as close as somebody who I'm living my day-to-day existence with. One can't compare the two. You want to, you want to have a relationship like that, you can take 630 mitzvahs so, and you have a closer relationship as well. Anybody who wants it, anyone, Jew, non-Jew, anyone can have this relationship. But you're going to want to have to put in the effort. If so you don't want to put in the effort, fine, then you want to have the relationship. So you see these like two diametrically approach, diametrically opposite approaches within Judaism. Where on the one hand you have very clearly have the Rambam, which is just so consistent with everything we've learned up until now on the Rambam, that it is a rational, logical approach. That the you know the same as the you know I I learned this week. So it says if if a pin pricks me, do I not bleed? So I, I never knew where that came from. So apparently that's from Sherlock. Shalok in the Merchant of Venice, as a Jew, when I get pricked, do I not bleed? So, so too, he says the Jews, Jewish body is no different to the Gentile body, and the Jewish soul is no different to a Gentile soul, uh, other than the fact that it's hopefully more refined and more connected to Hashem as a result of Torah and Mitzvot. But everyone is entitled to come in Kolababa Ruchaba. Whereas the Kuzari and the Tanya and, and other more Hasidic works would say, no. One cannot compare the soul of the Jew and the soul of the Gentile. It's perhaps not politically correct. But just because we look the same on the outside doesn't mean we same on the inside. We are family and the Gentiles are just friends. And friends are great, but friends aren't family. You want to become part of the family, you can marry into the family and convert. But until such time as you come, it doesn't matter. You can come to all the family events and you can hang around and you're very nice and we like you a lot. But until such time as you become part of the family, you're not part of the family. And our treatment and Hashem's treatment, who treats us as His children and we are His family, He will not have that relationship with you because you are not blood. So that is uh, the two different approaches um, of uh, the Rambam, the Kuzari, the Rambam on the one hand and the Kuzari and um, and the Balatanya on the other. So I hope that was clear. uh, As I said, it's a little bit confronting, but uh, hopefully it uh, was clear enough and you can get where people are coming from. Um, I think the chat is open. So if anyone would like to ask questions, or actually what I'll do is I'll allow you, you can now unmute yourself. So if anyone would like to, I'm going to unpin myself. And now anyone who would like to ask a question, by all means, please ask away. Not all at once, please. Mina, you are not on mute, but I can't hear you. I don't think your mic's working, Mina, because you are not on mute, but I can't hear you. Sorry, you might have to type. I'm afraid I can't hear you, Mina. Yep, you're going to have to type. I will give Mina a few seconds to type. Any other questions? Right, I'll play some thinking music. No. No, sorry Mina. Alright everybody. Sorry, you can, you can text me your question Mina or you can call me. Alright, well thank you very much everybody. Uh, wonderful to see you all. Have a wonderful evening. Look forward to seeing you next time. Let's off.